Well, what does baptism represent? If you're new with us or unfamiliar with the history of the harbor, today is a special day each year as we gather together as a church in one service to celebrate baptism of children, students, and adults who are going public with their faith in Jesus. At our small group this last week that my wife and I are a part of, before we started our Bible study, we were, as a group, just talking about Baptism Sunday coming up, and then, like in this weird way, we were also talking about the new artificial intelligence online and things like ChatGPT, which you just, you know, put in like a topic and it spits out an entire paper in a matter of seconds, and it's, it's kind of freaky if you've ever done it before, and so our small group leader was sitting there with the chat GPT app on his iPad, and he just uh, entered in for this artificial intelligence to write a rap song about Christian baptism, (laughs) and in two seconds, it spit out a pretty decent rap (laughs) about baptism. You want to hear it? I am going to spare you that pain. But my small group leader did offer to beatbox for us on the platform while I wrapped it, and maybe we'll do that one day, but we're not gonna do it today. The scary part was, it was basically a rap song that matched a lot of what I'm gonna be sharing with you today. It was remarkably correct in the theology that it presented in this Christian rap song about baptism. And I'm telling you that just to point out that What I'm sharing today is not really like a groundbreaking revelation for for anybody who's been a part of of God's church. Like artificial intelligence was able to spit out uh, a theologically correct song in two seconds just with information it could gather out there already on, on the web. Now, maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered leadership of your life to Jesus or you're just kinda unfamiliar about what this whole baptism thing is, and I will be the first one to admit as the pastor that if you're not familiar with baptism, it could be kind of weird. We should just acknowledge that, by the way, Christians. Like, it's, it's, if you don't know it, like, it can just be weird. Like, for those of us who, who are used to it, like, you're a part of the harbor and it's been a part of our, you know, history. If you're just a Christian that's been in church, you, you know, it's been a part of your life. Like, just imagine that you don't know like much about baptism at all, what it represents, why Christians do it, and then you go to church one Sunday and there's a swimming pool, and then we shove kids underwater. It's just weird, right? If you don't know what it represents. So for those who may not understand it, or maybe you do understand it, you just don't believe in it, you've not done it yourself, like man, you are so loved and welcome here. And we want you to journey with us as you maybe learn some of the things that we, we do and believe as, as Christians. And for those of us who are used to it, for those of us who would say that it's, it's, it's what it, we, we know what it represents, I, just, I hope that this is a reconfirmation for us today and maybe even a recommitment to what our own baptisms represent. And then in the end, we're gonna celebrate baptism with those who are going public today. Baptism isn't something that we do only at 
at our church, like it's been a part of the Christian faith since the very, very beginning. Jesus himself was baptized as an example, a model to us of what we should do. Then he commanded that those who believe should be baptized and told his church that we should baptize those who profess their faith in Jesus. And also, we just need to, to remember and, and, and not lose sight of, be careful to not elevate baptism to something that it was never meant to be. Like, I don't think we can say this enough, that baptism doesn't make me a Christian any more than my wedding ring makes me married. Baptism is, or my wedding ring is a sign, a symbol of the vow I have made with my wife. And baptism is something we do as a sign a symbol that we have put our faith in Jesus. It's an outward expression of an inward work that Christ has done in our hearts. And I love what theologian and pastor R.C. Sproul said before his passing. He said this, if you were to ask me, is baptism necessary for the Christian? I would say, absolutely. It is not necessary for salvation, but it is necessary for obedience. Because Christ, with no ambiguity, commanded that all of those who belong to him, who are a part of the new covenant family, and who receive the benefits of his salvation are to be baptized. So it's not necessary to be saved, but it is necessary if we're going to obey what Christ has said. So here's the big question I think we have to answer today. What does baptism represent? What does baptism represent? Represent. To find out, we're going to turn to the New Testament book of Colossians, chapter 1, verses 19 through 23. It is in the New Testament portion of the Bible. So you can use your own Bible. You can also use the Harbor app. All the verses and, and uh, notes will be there. And then it'll be on the, on the screen behind me and on the side screens as well. The Apostle Paul, writing here to a group of Christians in a town called Colossae, says this Colossians 1, verse 19. For God, in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. So in those first few verses there, we see the first thing that baptism represents. It represents our reconciliation. Baptism represents being reconciled with God. For every one of us who have already been baptized and for each individual who will be baptized today, we are acknowledging and representing that there is a break in the bridge between us and God, that we have been separated. And why is there a break? Why have we been separated from God? Because all of us have sinned. We are separated by our own evil thoughts and actions, as our main scripture said. Every one of us has done this. 
you and me and even people who we don't think would sin like Tim Tebow, even he, (laughs) even he has sinned and our sin separates us from a holy God, that God's holy and we are not. And there is nothing, nothing that we can do to to work or earn or put effort to, to bridge the gap between us and God, but God loved us so much that he decided to bridge the gap for us on the cross in Jesus, God in the flesh. He came as one of us. He lived a sinless, perfect, all-powerful life. He shed his own blood on the cross so he could reconcile us to God. We couldn't get to God, so he came to us. Which is awesome, and why we would even clap at that, celebrate that, but there's more. It's like an infomercial. (laughs) The next part of verse 22, Paul says this. As a result of being reconciled, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Wow. Like, let that sink in. Like, our sin was so great, it took God to die for us to get rid of it. And now we stand before him, holy and blameless with a single fault? Whew. So the second thing baptism represents is this. It represents our restoration. We aren't just reconciled. We're restored. That spiritually our sins are forgiven and we've been made brand new. Through our baptism, we are publicly saying, I have put my faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross. I have been reconciled to God and he has restored my soul. The old has been washed away and behold, I have been made new. The water doesn't do it. Jesus does it, but the water represents our spiritual cleansing that the blood of Christ has done on our behalf. I have been restored in Jesus' name. It's the very first part. It's where our vision as a church begins, that as we partner with Jesus, we want to help restore those who are battered and broken, refuel those weary and worn, and return to our lives with Jesus at the center, changing the world one life at a time. That every single person who gets baptized today, church, is a fulfillment of our vision. One life been changed by Jesus. But it all starts with that spiritual restoration, having our sins washed away. And in the very next chapter of Colossians, Paul actually ties our baptism to that story. Colossians 2, verse 12. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So today, when people go under the water and are brought back up. 
they are representing a reconciliation and a restoration by Jesus. Being buried with Christ through baptism and being raised to new life to experience a full, life-changing, life-giving relationship with the God of the universe. Baptism doesn't do it. Jesus did it. But baptism represents that, that we have been restored in the name of Jesus. Then Colossians 1 verse 23 Paul gives a challenge. It's almost a warning. He says this, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. And here we are a couple thousand years later proclaiming the same thing Paul was back then. The third thing baptism represents is this. It represents our renunciation. Our renunciation, our our firm commitment to follow Christ alone. This is where I think we've lost some of the power of baptism in our modern day Christianity, especially in America. I mean, after Christ rose from the dead and people started putting their their faith in him and being baptized into the faith, like baptism in the first century when it started in Christianity, it was an act of rebellion to the king. Like in, in first century Christianity, among the very first followers of Jesus, baptism was a public announcement of a new allegiance that when someone got baptized in the name of Christ, who himself Jesus claimed to be the king of kings, they were saying, my allegiance does not belong to Caesar. It belongs to Christ, my king. My allegiance does not belong to the temple or to the Jewish law. My my allegiance is to Jesus who fulfilled the law. To the Romans, this was treason. To the Jewish religious leaders of that day, it was heresy and blasphemy. Either way, your life was on the line when you got baptized. You were renouncing your allegiance to anyone or anything except Jesus. And it should be the same today. It should be. But not just limited to our earthly allegiance. Dominic Tennant, author and theologian, said this. Baptism is a public renouncement of one's former enslavement to Satan and the other spiritual rulers of this present darkness and a vow of loyalty and allegiance to the enthroned king Jesus. That's amazing. So, yes, baptism is a celebration, but it's so much more than that. It's so much more than t shirts and pictures 
and a party on the lawn, which you're all invited to for free as soon as we are done. We should celebrate it. We should capture it with images. We should have a party when someone is baptized. But it's so much more than the event. Baptism is an announcement, a representation that we have been reconciled to God. Our spirits have been restored and we are renouncing any allegiance except our allegiance to Christ alone. So every single person today, when they get baptized, the first one, by the way, will be a baptism of sprinkling uh, with someone who's physically unable to get in the tank. And so when that uh, situation arises, we will uh, sprinkle someone with water, but whether they're being sprinkled or whether they're being dunked in a swimming pool or in uh, the bay down in Galveston or in a creek somewhere or like the Ethiopian in Acts chapter eight when he put his faith in Jesus and Philip led him to the Lord and the Ethiopian said, well, why can't I get baptized right now? There's some water. And so right then they got baptized. In fact, you won't find a place in the New Testament where someone put their faith in Jesus and didn't then get baptized right away. Like baptism was the next step and is our next step for those who put their faith in Jesus. It's a vow of loyalty and allegiance to the enthroned king, committing myself to continue in my faith and stand firmly in it. So I'm gonna ask the, the band to come up and we're gonna get ready for baptism. I'm gonna just ask you right where you are if you just kind of find a little place to reflect. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. And maybe just ask if you've already been baptized. Am I living out what I said I would? Am I representing the reconciliation and restoration and renunciation that baptism says I should? And if, if not, maybe this is a time where believers in the room, you might do a little confession to God, a little repentance. Maybe a recommitment needs to happen today. Or maybe you're here today and you're experiencing baptism for the first time or maybe in a at a time right now where the Lord's awakening your heart to your own need for salvation and maybe through our worship and through baptism, you might just put your faith in Jesus right now today by saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died in my place. You shed your blood to reconcile me to you. So would you forgive me, restore my soul? And by your help and by your power, I commit to stand firmly in my allegiance to you alone. And when I don't, I will confess it. I will come back to you. Thank you for loving me, Jesus. My life is yours. You might say that right now or through this time and receive Jesus for the very first time in your life. So I'm gonna pray. And then the baptism candidates are ready and we're gonna start with the first one down here on the floor and then we're gonna get in the tank. And I hope today, folks, I hope today that every single one, whether you know them or not, that we are rejoicing at the reconciliation, the restoration, 
and the renunciation that this baptism represents and that we would walk together in our faith, holding one another accountable to follow Jesus. God, we thank you for the incredible thing we're about to experience. That with every single person who who gets touched by that water today, Lord, that they they are publicly saying, I've been reconciled to God. My my spiritual life has been restored and I am firmly committing my allegiance to Christ alone. And for those of us who have already done it, may it be a reminder of the same commitment we've made. And Jesus, by your help and by your power, may we live it out and may you in this moment, may you receive glory and honor and praise for you are worthy of it all. You died for us, you rose again, and we celebrate you in this place today. We love you, Jesus, and we are so proud of every single one of these folks taking their next step today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.